Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist, joins us on 365 Sports. Uh, John, we have some news that is Baylor has now confirmed, and we will get deep into the NFL Conference Championship games and all of that, but Brittany Griner will have her jersey hung from the Raptors at the Foster Pavilion sometime in the middle of February. I think that's great to honor Brittany Griner because of everything she did at Baylor, the the national championship, the recognition, and uh, I think that's a very cool deal for the school to do. Yeah, um, yeah, doing it against Texas Tech, and I'm just going to say this and get this joke out there now. I hope that they let her toss oh. a text player oh, acro- across the floor. It was my favorite Brittany Griner moments where she kind of came with <laughs> your own. Uh, and then the code, Christy Curry at Tech, was like, oh, I'm just Jordan Barncastle. That was her name. I was like, I'm just glad for Jordan Barncastle's safety. Like, uh, did you not see Jordan Barncastle starting a fight with Brittany Griner? She kind of got what was coming. Yeah, I don't think anybody in their right mind would start a fight with Reiner. No, no. Uh, John, we are to uh, Super Bowl week you now, or the pre-Super Bowl times. Um, it kind of went chalk, although the Lions uh, gave it the old college try and really did it. What did you think about Dan Campbell's decisions, which are very much Dan Campbell, that's what he does, that's how he got them there, uh, that they came up just short? Well, people let him off the hook for those, but both times they failed and they gave up touchdowns. And, but they made enough other mistakes, a fumble, a long pass that went through the kid's hands, hit him in a face mask and was caught by Brandon Ayuk for a 51-yard game that led, game that led to Ayuk's touchdown catch from Brock Purdy. So they had two drops on uh, third and fourth down receptions, so they made a lot of mistakes. Basically, they just choked. They're up 24 to 7. Then they're up 24 to 10. Then they just came unglued. Josh, what do you think about the, the 49ers and the journey they've been on? Obviously, a collection of big name stars that they've gathered together, a great head coach. Um, but uh, getting back to the Super Bowl where they were and, and fell to Baltimore just a few years ago, your thoughts on this particular Niners team and, and, and their story so far? They haven't won a Super Bowl since the 1994 season with Steve Young through six touchdown passes, still a Super Bowl record, and uh, led them to a victory over the Chargers, who was voted MVP. They're 0-2 since then. And uh, so they lost to Baltimore. And then when they lost to Kansas City, little did we know it, 
that ignited this Kansas City dynasty with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Now the the Chiefs are trying to they're going four or five years, six consecutive AFC championship games. They're trying to be the first team since the Patriots after the 03 and 04 seasons to repeat as champions. But the 49ers got stars at every level. You know, if you're going to take it based on uh, the quarterback, you're going to go with the Chiefs. If you're going to go with the quarterback salary, $450 million to $3.7 million, you're definitely going with the Chiefs. And, and there's another stat out there. This is the fourth time in which we've had head coaches with a rematch. First time was Tom Landry and Chuck Knoll. Second time was uh, Marv Levy and, uh, uh, gosh, I can't, oh, Jimmy Johnson. And the third time was Tom Coppola and Bill Belichick. And the one that won the first one always won the second one. That's another reason you take the Chiefs. And so I'm, I picked the Chiefs to lose both of those games. So what do I know? Uh, I wouldn't bet against them right now. So we're about to, depending on how long this Patrick Mahomes run continues, which it looks like there's no end of sight. You never know. It always can end. But have over about a 20-year period of time, maybe 25 or 30 years, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes to watch just compile nothing but rings and trophies. Now, the thing about I heard guys on ESPN this morning saying Mahomes was better than Brady, and I'm like, give me a break. Mahomes has won two Super Bowls. Brady won seven with two different teams. When Mahomes gets up in that neighborhood, and he is great. He's the best player in the NFL today. But to say he was better, Brady, my goodness. And uh, both of them had great coaches. They helped make those coaches great. So uh, I love watching him play. You know, drop passes have not been an issue for them as they were for a while. And, uh, and you know, the 49ers have stars and on their front seven. On their offensive line, Trent Williams going to first Super Bowl in, in uh, 14 years. And then, of course, with Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon IU. They're just loaded with stars. But uh, the Chiefs defense is playing great. It's getting a lot of publicity, but usually what we hear about are reading Mahomes, and I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. And their defense, uh, with Steve Spagnuolo doing the coordinating, is great. He's tied the all-time record with Dick LeBeau, five Super Bowls as a coordinator, and I certainly am not betting against the Chiefs this time. And it should be a great game, but usually these are a measure of the quarterbacks. And Mahomes is beating Tua Tagovailoa, Josh Allen on the road, Lamar Jackson on the road, and I think he will beat Brock Purdy at a neutral site. All right, John, Dan Campbell and the Lions were a great story. Could have even been better. Uh, but it didn't end very well because of, well, the fact 49ers got some breaks, took advantage of them, end up winning the game. Uh, we had Ross Tucker on earlier today about some of the decisions. People focused in on fourth down twice, but the one about the third down run late in the game when they're trying to, you know, they had no, they, they wanted to save timeout, needed to score. Uh, how much blowback will that, how long will that last? And I sure as hell hope it doesn't overshadow what he did. Oh, it's not. You know, everybody's pointing that out. You know, once people start focusing on the Chiefs and the 49ers, they're going to look back at the Lions and point out they had their best season since 1957. 
and there and and those things you just mentioned, David, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, who's probably going to be Washington's head coach unless Seattle steals it. He had some very curious calls. It's not going to keep him from getting a head coaching job, just like it didn't keep Kyle Shanahan from blowing the biggest Super Bowl lead for Atlanta as the coordinator and point caller, keep him from getting the job with the 49ers. But uh, people may look back at the Lions and Dan Campbell. Everybody loves the Lions. Everybody loves Dan Campbell. And for a think he's born in Clifton, grew up in Glenrose, went to College Station, and is now one of the toasts of the NFL. Nothing is going to people look back and go, oh, my God, it was a terrible ending. It was, but it's just got people even more fired up for next season. John, what do you think about Ben Johnson as possibly the new head coach for this new Washington ownership era? They're going to get a quarterback. If you're a coach and you can't go to a situation like, say, the Chargers, where you've got a great quarterback there, and uh, then you want one who's in position to draft one who you can develop. And Ben Johnson would get that in Washington. He would not get that in Seattle in case Seattle offers him a job. Seahawks have a lot more talent. They're coming off a winning season. But they got Geno Smith. They need another quarterback. So everybody's predicting Ben Johnson's going to Washington. Johnson interviewed here last year, and he and if it hadn't been for D'Amico Ryans, I think they would have offered him the job. Now, he said he wanted to go back for another season of uh, being a coordinator and a play caller, and it's going to work out well for him. But they loved it. They said he impressed them in every way, and I know he's impressing the commanders and the Seahawks, and he'll be hired soon, possibly this week and uh, the money's on Washington. John, what did you think about Raheem Morris to the Falcons? Everybody said Raheem Morris was ready to get a second chance, Paul. One of the advantages he has is he's coached on both sides of the ball. He's been an interim coach. He's been in Atlanta for four or five years, and so the owner, Arthur Blank, knew him very well. And when you are a have a defensive background, you better make sure you get a good offensive coordinator and a good quarterback coach like the Miko Ryans did with the Texans and Bobby Sloat, the coordinator, John Johnson, the quarterback coach. So that's the key. But everybody that's worked with him said he deserves a second chance. And there have been a lot of coaches fired. Bill Belichick, Marv Levy, you know, they were fired after having losing records with their first team, and they bounced back quite well. John, the, uh, the game in Vegas – there was a time when that was verboten, and, and here they are hosting the game, and it was just a matter of time. Uh, your thoughts about what we've seen when it comes to gambling, now hosting a game in Vegas. and, and A team and a, in Vegas? A team in Vegas. Yeah, that's got to kill the Raiders that the Chiefs are going to be in a Super Bowl game in their own stadium. But, but just how things have changed, and of course part of life is things that are going to change along the way. As soon as somebody figured out how the NFL could make billions of dollars, as to it's $100 billion over a five- to ten-year period, you knew they were in. And there have been players suspended. So far, nothing's happened where people think, oh, those games are rigged, except for those morons that think it's rigged for Taylor Swift to get to the Super Bowl. I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? Say Flowers, man, he, gave, he, did, he committed that penalty. And on purpose, 
and he fumbled on purpose, and that's ah, just preposterous. But we are going to get a lot of, of uh, Taylor Swift, and I personally like it. But I think the gambling thing, how many people are going to go? How many people in the media are going to go and not put down a little money? No telling how much money those casinos are going to bring in from the week of the Super Bowl, especially Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, uh, I had a letter from at the end of middle of last week from um, Zach Gilbert, who handles Radio Row. And as you know, Radio Row can be kind of a, a circus, usually about 100 to 115 or so stations. They had 150-plus requests for spots on Radio Row this year. Probably more than any, I'm guessing, because it is Vegas. Mm-hmm. When my station has all its shows out there, and they said, are you going? I said, no. I said, I went to over 40 Super Bowls. I never want to go to another one. When I want to go to Vegas, like I did last year, we're going to the first two two rounds of the NCAA tournament, and that's plenty for me. John, uh, Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL. That occurred as well since the last time that we talked to you. He's a very polarizing figure, to say the least. Very successful every level, including the NFL he's been. What are your thoughts on him jumping back into the league? Uh, Not that it's a huge surprise, but also taking over that L.A. job. Well, it's great for the league because uh, that'll put the Chargers on the maximum number of national TV appearances uh, so they can make the most out of it. He'd done everything he could do at Michigan. So not only was he about to get suspended again by the NCAA, uh, he lost a lot of players, including his quarterback, J.J. McCarthy. So the time was right. And as he pointed out when he talked, he said, there's no Lombardi Trophy in college football. He wants to join, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, uh, uh, who else? Oh, Pete Carroll as being the coaches who won national championships in college and the Super Bowl. And I wouldn't put it past him before he wears out his welcome again. You say that as if it's inevitable. <laughs> it is inevitable because it's happened to him everywhere he's gone. He's a great it's like he said in the last job with the 49ers. You know, he, he, they said they just didn't want me anymore. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's what they said in San Diego. That's what they said at Stanford. And he's so big at Michigan, it didn't matter. And he's quirky, and he's got his way of doing things. And a lot of times behind the scenes, it rubs people the wrong way as it did a lot of people John, in the 49ers organization. All right. You said 40 Super Bowls. This will be my 30th. I haven't been to 30 games, but my 30th. And um, so I, I remember my first. Do you remember the difference in maybe an old story about when you first went to your first Super Bowl? Oh, gosh. It was in, uh, <laughs> it was in uh, New Orleans, and uh, the Raiders were allowed to go out and party every night. The Eagles were not. Dick Vermeil kept them under the curfew and everything, and the Raiders beat the hell out of them. Yeah, they did. And I uh, knew not, not that I was out at two or three in the morning mm-hmm. uh, back then. I, I I I remember bumping into you in New Orleans several times out in the middle middle of the night, <laughs> and uh, uh, when you were roaming Bourbon Street, and uh, not that I was there, but people <laughs> told me about it. And uh, so that's what I remember: Raiders being everywhere. Yeah. John Matuzak. Some of those wild and crazy Raiders uh, going nuts. I remember the, the 
one of the first ones, second or third, 49ers pull up and Bill Walsh, the coach, had gone early. He's dressed like a bellman. And he comes out and starts picking up their bags, not saying a word to any players. And they're like, there's a guy that looks like Coach Walsh. Oh, my God, it is Coach Walsh. And he did that to try to loosen everything. And in Detroit, that might have been Detroit. Buses had no clue how to get to the Silver Dome. Snow was terrible. Buses broke down. You had to walk about an hour in the snow to get to the stadium. There's been all kind of great stories about the Super Bowl. I wrote near the end of my career with the Chronicle. I wrote a long story about my Super Bowl experiences. They kept popping up, and I thought, man, I could have written a million inches on this. Detroit, was that Washington against um... – who was that against that they beat in the Super Bowl? I can't remember. Was Buffalo. Buffalo in 91, maybe been Detroit uh, when, when they did that. But, that, uh, yeah. The one I'm talking about was like 82 Oh, okay. Detroit. That might have been there Cincinnati was, uh, and San old, Francisco. Yeah. That's who it was. The yeah. old, the old, that was my third, second, third, something like that. And uh, I love going. They were all great experiences. But I just don't like the crowds anymore. I'll let you guys take care of that. And, uh, oh, one other time guy calls me up that I knew and, and says, hey, uh, would you like to have the guy kill Bin Laden on your talk show? And I said, what? He said, the Navy SEAL is here and I'm friends with him. And would you like to interview him on your talk show? He had his SEAL Team 6 and killed Bin Laden. I'm like, well, let me check. <laughs> and so I put him, I said, they said, what? Did the other? Well, of course. So it turned out he was promoting a book, but that was the strangest interview I have ever participated in. Golly, that, that, I would think so. Yeah, that'd be one. I, I would almost have to prep, not not even prep because I think you could over prep for that one. There's yeah. only a few questions. Just, well, this was a last minute deal, and they were walking around outside Radio Row, and he was showing. Can't remember the guy's name now. Uh, showing him the Super Bowl. His friend of mine goes every year. He's not the media, and uh, he was showing him around. And he goes, oh, by the way. So it, it went great because you just said, uh, okay, tell us about it. And that was before <laughs> they had two movies about Seal Team 6 and how it all went down. It became so public. And Rob, his name was Rob something. And you talk about a great story. Nobody even, when he finished, we're like, wow. okay, thank you. Wow. <laughs> I've watched both of those movies or documentaries. It, it, that, that's yeah. unbelievable. Isn't it unbelievable? Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, I do have a, a, a throwback question here. We said you mentioned John Matuzak. You are uh, one of the world's leading movie buffs, like me. What is the better John Matuzak role, North Dallas Forty or The Goonies? Uh, North Dallas Forty. After Tom Landry prayed, and he stood up and he screamed out, "Let's go kill those bleep suckers!" Okay. There we I'm go. guessing you didn't get that in the Goonies. No, you did not. You, he is sloth in the Goonies. Can you so. imagine Matuzak and, Al, uh, and Alzado uh, walking down Bourbon Street, Croc? Oh, my goodness. My they brother, let them run wild, and they didn't care as no. long as they won. And they, and won. they won. And they did. They did. They played well, and the loose and goose, and the, and the Eagles were. Th- hey, you got well, time for one more story? Yeah, yeah, of course. 49ers, we're in L.A. They took us to Cal Irvin for the media media uh, day uh, before it was in the stadium. 
And there were two things I remember about that. Downtown Julie Brown from MTV was running around jumping. She was wearing these like really revealing tops and a skirt that was almost up to her waist, jumping in players' arms, and then sticking a microphone in question and asking them something about their footballs and stuff like that. And everybody was shooting pictures. There's no, of course, videos back then. And then Bubba Paris, the offensive tackle of the 49ers, was being interviewed, crowd around him, and Bubba said he'd become a Christian. And the 49ers people win. Well, last week. Well, how do you know you became a Christian? Because God washed over me, and I'm, I'm a Christian. Well, what were you doing? Having sex with my girlfriend? And everybody's like, what? Yeah, I was having sex with my girlfriend, and something came over me, and I, and I, and now I'm a Christian. And from everything I've heard, he's still a Christian, but I've never heard anybody tell their story that way. If you Google Bubba Paris Super Bowl, you'll see that story, including several I've written through the years. That was my favorite story. Well, look, that's an ender. Hey, yeah, yeah that's uh, as Chan Gailey said. That's an ender. He uh, won't know the time or the place. <laughs> yeah, says it in the book. <laughs> Thank you, uh, John. Thank you, guys. Second bear. Hall of Fame, John McLean, storyteller deluxe. <laughs> This has been a Rogue Media Network production.